Marshmallow, funny fella, running amidst the trees. Who's there? I said as I stood in my head. And nobody answered me. This is John. This is Blix. And this is Trav. Welcome to our first anniversary Fringeworthy podcast. Yes, one year ago, we started actually publishing podcasts. Now, of course, we recorded them ahead of time, but this is the episode that comes as close as possible to the anniversary of our podcast from the very first one we released. And and what was the name of that title of that episode, John? Frack, if I know. It is. <laughs> the Adventure Begins, John. Oh, that's right. The Adventure Begins. Yes, yes, that's right. They, 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 I'll it, soon they forget. All right. So, and uh, there's been a lot of changes uh, that's occurred over this year. And so we are very glad to be together and with a pl- and we are plus sized based upon how we started off. Because in the beginning, there was just the three of us. It was John Ryer, Blix, and it was Bruce Sheffer. And since then, we've added Jay Halley and also Trav of the Travcast. Yes, and I, it's me to be joined up in this. I've had nothing but fun doing this, guys. Hope to do it for much, much longer. Otherwise known as Robert Pulaski. So he actually does have a real name that his mother would know him by. Oh, yeah. Well, no, she knows me as Trav, too. I've told her. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think the show has greatly improved with our, with our uh, two new hosts. I think they've really brought a lot to the table, and I really appreciate them being here. And uh, the, one of the things I appreciate the most about Jay is the fact that he really uh, put himself out there. He started his, uh, from never having a Fringeworthy campaign. He started a new campaign, and he went through a lot of trials and, and troubles with it. And, and the reason I'm talking about it is, is the fact that Jay isn't with us tonight, which is a shame. Uh, but we really appreciate all that he's brought to the table and, and all what he did out, off mic as well. So... Thank you very much, Jay, for all you've done. We love you, buddy. Okay, but uh, let's go back and uh, let's have a little review here. So there will be a test. Why did we start the Friends Ready podcast? Well, um, you know, everybody has the books and the dynamic universe and everything. You know, so much going on that there were all these questions that people had or should have had at least, questions I've had even that we figured we could answer on the podcast. You know, a lot of this is official stuff that was in the, the Frenchworthy Bible that um, is not produced or anything like that, things that were talked about behind the scenes. But, you know, a lot of it is stuff that perhaps wasn't discussed in any other medium. So it gave us a chance to think about these, given the knowledge that we have, and come up with conclusions, you know, to answer questions for people that, that they may not even have asked or never even thought of. You know, I, there was a lot of times we had topics where we presented it and I was like, wow, you know, I never even considered that as, a, as something that would 
be an issue, but it really is. So, you know, I, I've even learned a lot from you guys, talking with you guys, just stuff that we never considered doing that eventually we probably would have gotten around to, but, you know, we would have gotten around to it and have been like, hmm, I wonder how that works. Well, we did have a really good reason to start the podcast in that we had a new edition of Fringeworthy that had just come out. Well, that, yeah, there's that too. Yeah, and, and we had made a lot of changes to Fringeworthy uh, that we thought would make the game a lot more fun, but they were changes from the previous editions. So it was an opportunity for us to discuss why we made those decisions and what they brought to the game, because sometimes it wasn't really obvious. There was gravity on the fringe path before. Now there's gravity because on both sides of the fringe path, and it, uh, but it goes all the way up. Things that people didn't realize was is how it changed the air. They didn't, you know, and how it would. Uh, you could now go off the fringe path and travel up for uh, hundreds of miles, possibly, and even surf in and out of of, of the uh, fringe paths uh, on a some kind, as a sort of an aerial surfboard and go back and forth because the air now went up beyond the 93 feet that it used to be. It used to be just a bubble right around the fringe pass, and that was all there was. So main, one of the main reasons that I thought we should have a, a podcast was so that we could talk about all the things that were new and so, to help ease people into the new edition. It was also our chance to join the 21st century, finally. I'm sorry? Well, every, every other company has a podcast, so, you know, it was, it's great. To, you know, it's, it was, that was another reason was to make sure that TriTech had a podcast out there so that we could promote the game, promote Fringeworthy out there, and hopefully promote other games as well as time goes along. As we've gone on with this podcast, we've helped bring Fringeworthy into more of the public consciousness of the Internet because, to me, I've always seen TriTech as, like, one of the best-kept secrets in gaming. It's been around now for going on 30 years, and just I've explained it to other people, and they're like, oh, I've never heard of this company, and I'm like, it's been around since... 80s and so oh okay you know so this podcast it sheds light on a fantastic game universe a fantastic game setting yeah another thing um we were able to do is bring about some of the um back behind the scenes things that have never been talked about but were always on the table you know like the fringe train and um pregnant mothers being able their, their children being fringe worthy we had a lot of supplemental material that hadn't gotten to a wide audience. The, the Infinite Crossroads, I don't think we ever had more than 30 subscribers to it, but you know that, that wasn't uh, the only number of people that were buying the Fringeworthy game. Richard was selling them all over the country, and still there weren't people getting some of the information that was considered canon at that point. So we wanted to make sure that that got out to everybody in a universal format, one that was easily available, uh, easily digestible. Uh, audio and audio uh, recording seemed to really fit that bill because people could listen to it on the way to to the store. They could listen to it on the way to work. Uh, it was it was a you know it, it didn't require as much you know sitting down and opening up something and reading it you know as something in print would have done. Plus, it also gives us an opportunity to to make something like a Dragon magazine. You know, this is, this is our gaming magazine, our weekly gaming magazine, because. There are cost prohibitive things to producing a actual print item. You know, listening to this show every week, you get as many ideas, you get as much information, if not more, than you would reading one of those magazines. And you didn't have to subscribe to it in the sense of having to pay for it. This is all free content offered to our fans and people who 
want to play the fringeworthy game in hopes of encouraging them to do more with their campaigns and even start new campaigns if they're players who've never actually run a campaign. So we, we wanted to answer questions that weren't included in the main book. Uh, we wanted to uh, provide the equivalent of a campaign design supplements. And as you mentioned, Trav, we wanted to help raise the awareness of Fringeworthy out there in people who've never realized it was there because Richard's area of influence was primarily the Midwest. And I know that a lot of people down and out all the way out in California, unless they uh, really pushed around inside their game store, they would probably never even see a copy of it, even when it was in print. We were constantly hearing from people that, oh, well, my game store says it's out of print when I had boxes of it sitting in my garage. So uh, we wanted to make sure that people knew that Fringeworthy was still out there, still available, especially since uh, the, the standard distribution system that has been in place for most of gaming, it went away. It, it literally collapsed. And so uh, a lot of games literally disappeared because they didn't have any way of getting it out to the people. So we wanted to make sure people knew that the games existed and they could be bought from Richard and Tritech Systems. And of course, uh, we wanted to create a kind of a, uh, we wanted to be like the central hub of a fringeworthy fandom. Uh, we wanted to, you know, reach reach out to people and let people reach out to us about the things that they were interested in and their experiences at the table. So it encouraged me to go and and continue uh, uh, ru running my campaign. I mean, I did my campaign a lot differently than I had before. Uh, originally, most of the campaigns I've done were pretty much the same thing. They were a couple years after the Fringeworthy adventure started, and I sat and I would run the adventures, and we'd go to worlds, we'd explore them and things like that, but nothing really changed. Now that we have a campaign guide and we talked about the future and how things would change on the Fringe Pass, I actually have been moving them along the, the campaign timeline. So now they're actually in the middle campaign when they were in the early campaign before. But I, in the, I, I want to move them into the later campaign where uh, they're going to where the Meller threat may or may not be neutralized, or maybe we'll get to the point where we're actually neutralizing the Meller threat. We're dealing with more powerful situations like uh, actual empires on the fringe paths where they'll have super technology available to them. It'll be more science fiction than it was before versus the kind of I'm a normal person in a science fiction world. Now they'll actually get to be the kind of a high adventure science fiction type thing that I've never really done in, in my campaigns. Uh, because of where I always kept the setting. So it's encouraged me to go and and uh, stretch my muscles and, and try different things because of this podcast. So it's helped me just as much as, as I, I'm hopefully helping other people out there with my own experiences. Yeah, you know, um, I think some of the campaign stuff that we've come up with, especially the, the recent one we did, 39A, the Fringe Walkers, you know, that whole the whole thing on the Kegak is just, you know, I would love to do a campaign featuring them. Oh, no, a, a Kegak campaign would be very interesting, just having to have all the players have that mindset. I never really even considered the idea of running a campaign purely from the Kegak point of view. I mean, here you'd have a group of people that have this terrible secret, and they're going on the fringe paths, and as we talked about, they would be just terrified of people finding out, you know, 
who they were because now they're refugees and just being treated like you know pariahs. It'd be like you know a uh, a group of Nazis all traveling together, you know, to through the uh, through the Holy Land and and uh, okay, nobody check our passports because oh boy, right? And and it's just it really brings out the sci-fi, like classic, good, old-fashioned sci-fi where you know you have this adventure with these these creatures who are supposed to be evil, but there are all these judgment calls you have to make. You know, if they say, hey, you know, this th- it wasn't us that did it or that was our ancestors or I had nothing to do with that, you know, that brings in those social issues in a, a science fiction setting and it's just, you know, I just never even considered that as any kind of adventure. And, and mind you, the key gack are kind of are kind of new, right? They came out in the latest edition. Uh, no, they've been around for a while. That the information about them has is that old as well. Well, no, they were in the previous edition, uh, in the nineteen ninety two edition. But they we really didn't talk about where they came from and what was their background. We gave them a whole uh, historical background and why what their place was in the fringe worthy history. They never had that before. They were just an, another alien race, you know, that was out there on the fringe pass. So that's probably why. I ne- yeah, that's exactly why I never thought of using them for anything like that. But now that that's in there, that's just, just such a really a, a rich piece of information that makes for an, a very interesting game setting. And even reading that, I wouldn't have considered, you know, using that as an adventure until we started talking about it and it came out, hey, you know, actually this would make a great campaign. And I think the podcast has been a great jumping off point for us to expand the setting in a lot of different directions that we never considered before because now you've got you know you got five guys sitting around talking about these concepts and we all take it in different directions and then we play off of each other and then you know we come up with all these new new things that none of us ever thought of because one of us said something and somebody else took it in another direction the the book itself the main book is so human centric that it's it discourages people to think of creating a fringeworthy campaign from an alien point of view even though there is the alien core in it so that's one thing that we were able to explore on the podcast that would have been really a whole supplement if we would have had to write it out and, and publish it and also it's to take it even further Bruce it's very much an earth prime centered game we you know we we do have you know we do make mention of the uh, victorians in the in the latest edition but they were really just attack on and the 92 edition we expanded them a bit more with the d20 edition we probably will expand them even more with the Savage worlds edition so you actually can have a choice to say okay do i do i really want to do earth prime or do i want to do victorian prime right do i want to be uh, a taze centric uh campaign or as they say in the Scudder Gapes, it's tea time. <laughs> right. I noticed that the Victorians will probably become more and more prominent as the steampunk craze keeps rolling. Right. And we have a definite in there because they're nothing but, you know, they have bonuses to steam technology as part of their character background. Right. So I can see that only snowballing as time goes on as the, the Savage Worlds version of Fringeworthy comes out, that'll take on an added meaning there. That is such a rich setting that I could foresee that even being a supplement book that gets released. I mean, you know, I'm not speaking for Rich or anything or, or his game line, but I, I could see that coming about. Steampunk is, is really <laughs> gaining steam. 
as it were. But that whole setting, that I mean, that whole movement, I think it'd be a good idea for us to develop a setting for it, for Fringeworthy. You know, that whole node being like its own book. That's that's great if someone wants to take uh, take that under their 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 elbow. Somebody <coughs> trap <coughs> somebody. Well, actually, I think Jay Holly would be an excellent choice there. He likes to think outside the box. I think um, that we've been really fairly successful at promoting. Uh, fringeworthy because we've gotten a lot of press through all games considered uh, mark kinney who i met at gen con uh, at the podcast meet and greet before we produced our first episode he was very very supportive and i just want to send a big huge shout out to him and everybody at all games considered they've been great to us and we just you know owe them a a, a, a huge thanks and he's always uh, been quick to mention anything that we've talked about as far as new stuff. He mentioned Richard's wedding. And, and of course, and he's the one who was the game master on the gutter Skypes as they're doing the Fringeworthy uh, actual play episode. I've emailed with Mark a little bit, and he's yeah, he's been very positive to our cause. And, and he could tell he's a fan, I, and he's, he's been really uh, cool to talk to. Right, he's been a long, uh, long time TriTech fan. He has, as far as I know, everything that TriTech's ever produced. And I know on one instance he bought like over a hundred dollars worth of stuff from me back when things were. I think the highest price item was like twelve bucks. So he, you know, I showed up at uh, at a convention as a dealer and. I had everything that Richard had ever produced, and he went through and completed his collection. So uh, he's he's a big fan, and uh, obviously he was having a great time running it in the Gutter Skypes episode. So if you guys ha- who are listening haven't had a chance to listen to that actual play, they really are very amusing, and uh, it's an interesting take on Fringeworthy. We ourselves have recorded an actual play episode, and I'm in the middle of editing this right now. So uh, hopefully I'll get it done soon, but it, it takes... A long time to edit four hours of podcast, so I, I've been working on it hard, and, and I'll get it for you as soon as I can. But uh, in the meantime, it's interesting to hear them from a different uh, standpoint of how I normally would have run things and being players. And I think they're all doing a great job, by the way, on the uh, the Gutter Skies podcast. I think they're doing a, a great job as Fringeworthy Explorers. So I'm eager to hear more from them. Maybe by the time this drops, it'll all be out, uh, the, the entire uh, episodes. And we'll have to see how it goes. But they've been very supportive by doing that. You know, I'm planning on going to Gen Con, and, and I, I know you go every year, Bruce. I know the, the uh, AGC crew goes, and uh, maybe we should try and uh, schedule a game, like a power game. Well, that would, that would be great. I'd, I'd love to do it. Like, I, I ran four sessions when I was at Gen Con. And uh, we could certainly uh, encourage them to buy tickets to them and, and just be all there as, as one group. We could even do a private session or something. I don't know. But so, so Mark, you know, uh, you're, you're being officially invited to a game that we haven't put together yet. We, like the gutter Skypes, put our show together over Skype anyways. So we could always be glad to do that, too, because he's the, he's the GM, which meant he didn't get to play, and not, not, not as a character. So we would love to get him an opportunity to do that. I think any one of us, any one of us, would love to actually host a Gutterscapes. You run an adventure on Gutterscapes. I also was able to put weekly posts in uh, RPG.net and the the RPG site to the big RPG uh, sites on the web. Now, if there's other ones that I'm missing, then you know. Uh, it'd be great if someone would send me an email and let me know. But those are the two I found that seem to have the largest amount of, of uh, forums. And so I pu- every week I would put in a, an, the episode information. And 
So we got a lot of visibility from that. Trav has, has been very good in, in mentioning us on the Travcast. Yeah, my show on DementiaRadio.org, I, I constantly plug this podcast. I plug the TritechGamers.com forums. And my fellow DJs on Dementia Radio have also proliferated this podcast. And I've been told by them that, oh, yeah, I've told my gaming friends here and here. So, yeah. That's been helping a lot, too. I've thanked them profusely for doing that because they've heard it and they know Wednesday night I'm doing this. I, I, want, I want to thank them publicly for their help on Dementia Radio. Yeah, you know, and Trav, I'm going to join you one week. It's just uh, my, my daughter usually goes to bed about 9 o'clock. So uh, one night I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to um, make arrangements with my uh, girlfriend there and have her uh, finish up the, the duties from uh, from 8 to 9 and I'll have to jump in on your show. I remember those days. Oh, yeah. It's usually an hour-long ritual. Yes, yeah. putting your child to bed <laughs> is not a quick process. Anytime any of you guys want to join on the show, just let me know. I found out I can Skype and cast. Oh, great. So, well, by yeah, all means. Sure. I'd, lo- I'd love to. And, you know, I'm, I'm all about, you know, the promotion, right? And speaking of uh, new promotion, why don't we talk about what we are going to plan to do next year? Uh, or as I should say, in the podcasts that are going to be following this one. Going to have a change in format, aren't we? Yeah, so we've decided that not technically going to be called the Fringeworthy Podcast anymore. We're going to be the TriTac Podcast because we're going to start covering all of TriTac products. We're going to focus a lot on Fringeworthy. So all of you that are into the Fringeworthy Podcast, we, you know, we've, we've earned your respect and, and your, your patronage. We are still going to do a lot of Fringeworthy stuff, and we, we plan pretty much at least in the beginning, doing Fringeworthy episodes every week and adding in other stuff for other games and then see how that goes and increase or decrease the other segments as you know as we see feedback or as we get a feel for it. We may even do extra episodes, so more than one a week, but that's going to require getting another person or two to do some editing. If we, if we can secure someone else who's willing to edit the show, we'll run several shows, time you know, time permitting. There's no reason why we can't do multiple podcasts a week as long as we have somebody who's willing to do the editing because that is the most time-consuming part of this particular uh, podcast. So if you have time, and you know, it's not hard to do. It's actually anyone can figure it out. I mean, if you think... Well, hey, I don't know how to work, you know, I don't know how to work these audio editing programs and stuff. Believe me, most of us didn't know how to do it before we did it either. And it's it's very, very simple. It just, it's really, it's a matter of time. So if you find yourself sitting at home most nights of the week and you're bored, you know, you get on Facebook or whatever, you say, oh, bored again tonight. That's time you could be editing and helping us produce more material. So please contact us. Yes, join join the TriTech System family. Join us. I mean, we we're very open to bring in new people, new blood. We 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 encourage it. And the more you help us, the more we help you, the more we can give you. Yeah, if you, if you're sitting there saying, "Boy, I wish wish there was more fringe fringeworthy or more Bureau Thirteen content or more whatever content that we produce," hey, you know, we can. It's not a problem about talking. Okay, the problem is getting the episode finished up after that. Uh, it's just like uh, principal photography in a movie. I mean, they, they t- spend two weeks t- actually filming the actors, and then they spend another year actually putting the sh- the movie together. Well, we're not that bad, but still, it takes about a week for uh, about. Well, let's see, what is it? It takes uh, about six hours 
of editing for me to produce a one-hour episode. So, it's, and that's because I care about the quality. I care about how it sounds to you, the listener. So, I we want to keep that level of quality up. And so, so, anything that you guys can do to help us would be great. We'd love to provide more content, and, and we will pro- uh, provide more, content, at least more varied content as time goes on. But some of the new content we'd like to do is Bureau Thirteen. Because it's it has always been uh, one of the biggest selling RPGs that TriTac Games has ever produced. Uh, it's won multiple awards over the years, and we did produce a new edition of it about a year before the Fringeworthy one. And we'd love to be able to talk about all the different changes that occurred and all the options that are now available. You know, there are a number of supernatural role playing games out there right now. And I'm just telling you that, you know, compared to Bureau 13, they don't hold a candle. Bureau 13 had a video game produced for it back in, what, the 80s? It was from it was from uh, Take-Two Software. And we even were plagiarized by, by uh, J- JMS Trzynski, James Trzynski on, uh, on uh, Babylon 5. Which, you know, hey, we got, that was a great announcement right there, you know. <laughs> yeah, they, they actually uh, had to blank out the name. Part Originally, they pulled the episode, and then they blanked out part of the name that they used because they didn't want to say Bureau 13. They just said the Bureau. Which is the other for bureau for the Bureau as well. I, I foresee the future of this podcast doing a lot of, well, of course, a lot of Fringeworthy, quite a bit of Bureau 13. What do you guys think is, is going to be the next after that? Because those are going to be the two big ones, I, I guarantee you. Well, we'd really like to promote uh, some of the new games that have come out from Richard. We'd love to do more about Hardwired Hinterland. Uh, I'd like to do more with Weird Zone. And Richard's working on a new game called Elf Wins. You know, would be when it comes out, it would be great for people to find out, you know, how great these games are and to actually start playing them because a lot of them are literally languishing because nobody knows about them. And there's all the entire library of stellar games that was they were that sold like gangbusters. There was a time when Richard really was afraid that some of the games that were produced by Stellar Games were going to, you know, take sales away from him and eclipse him in fame uh, in the gaming, and now he owns them. So, you know, there's no reason not to have uh, one of the games that was very popular at that time was called Nightlife. It was a very famous game. It came you were playing a, a supernatural creature long before there was White Wolf. There was a great following for that game. They produced about four or five major supplements, including one about being a, a rock star uh, supernatural creature and other things. Yeah, I played Nightlife. So Richard owns that now. Yeah, he owns all the uh, uh, he owns all of the uh, stellar games, including the uh, Expendables and other things. So those you know those games could get a second life if people even realize that they had them. I've actually had to correct people online in the last year who said, you know, I remember this game, but you can't get it anywhere. And I'm like, yeah, you can. You know, Richard Tohoka has it in TriTech Systems. And all, you know, why didn't you Google it? You would have found it. But also, there is one more game that we we probably will cover. I, I usually call it these days the Big Damn Game, and that's FTL twenty four forty eight. But that's saying for the future. Yeah, that's the Tritax Big Space Game that was set five hundred years in the future. It's a, it, it is much along the lines of Babylon five in the sense of the technologies and things like that. Not the storyline. That that would be totally different. Um, 
And, and and there was also another game that was put out, which was called Incursion, which uh, also could use a little love. So we're going to try to let you know why these are great games and what they have to offer uh, so that you can use them. And because Fringeworthy crosses all universes, there's no reason why the, uh, you can't add these games to your Fringeworthy game and have your Fringeworthy team make a foray into it or vice versa. As we talked about in, in our previous episodes about adventuring in other people's campaigns, you can also adventure in Fringeworthy from some of the other campaigns that TriTech produces. Your Bureau 13 game is uh, has specific references to uh, Fringeworthy in it. And so we can tell you how to use these games to work together to make an even better game that's already there. And that's some of the things that I'm trying to do in the future. Bruce, you mean we can actually, Fringeworthy is part of Beach Bunny Bimbos with Blaster? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I ran Beach Bunny Bimbos with Blasters at Gen Con as a Bureau 13 team origin episode. So, I mean, uh, a lot of people like creating teams for Bureau 13 as the people that go off and become adventure experts. well, the, the, the policing of the supernatural. And one of the big questions is always, well, how did you join the Bureau? What was the, uh, what was the incident that you went through that made you aware of the supernatural and brought you to the attention of the Bureau? Well, Beach Bunny Bimbos, which was a standalone game uh, produced uh, by TriTac, I think is an excellent origin sto- uh, adventure for... Uh, for Bureau 13, and can be used within the Bureau 13 game itself as its own campaign, because it's all about the stopping of an alien invasion, and that's, uh, that could be a sizable story arc. So one of these days we have to do the Bureau 13 Polly Wumpus uh, is a connection. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar, Polly Wumpus is a giant mutant duck who eats Cub Scouts. Right. It was the, it was the, it was the giant mutant duck from Three Mile Island. That was that was when it was produced. Was right after that incident. It was during, during back in the days when TriTech was actually called Techie Tech Games, before before TriTech actually was has has current name. But it's always been fun. There's actually it was a trilogy. You know, Polywampus, Polydactyl, I think it was called, and Duck Troopers. All right. So uh, one thing. Now we were told by a number of people that we should do uh, get ourselves onto Twitter and get the name of Fringeworthy and TriTac out into the feed so people can hear more. And that's something we haven't done. And I hope that we're going to be able to get more stuff like that in the future, like when the podcast is about to start, uh, uh, when when supplements are produced, uh, when the podcast drops. I mean, just anything that you know will help make people aware that uh, this is an ongoing concern and that there is new... Uh, new material. There's new and interesting things for them to listen to, to look at, and to experience. Well, there is already the Facebook page for Fringeworthy RPG fans. I believe that's the name of the page itself. Yeah, we already are on Facebook. So <laughs> Twitter, that that could be something good too. I'm on that now as far as, uh, you know, my, myself, you know, for self-promotion and just whatnot. So, yeah, Twitter would be a fantastic way. And, it I mean, quick 140-character blurbs just to get the word out there. Okay. Especially when demos are, uh, when we're doing demos at conventions. I, 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 I'd love to say that uh, I'd, I'd like to do more uh, convention demos this coming year. Uh, but I'm probably going to, 
I, I have a feeling that I'm probably not going to be able to do more than I'm already doing, but that still means that I'm going to be doing at least, uh, I'll be doing four more at, uh, at uh, Gen Con and another four at Dragon Con. And I know that, John, you've been doing uh, a number of them, and, and, and even you, Trav, uh, you ran demos at a recent convention, didn't you? I have one coming up this coming weekend at Conclave. <laughs> Matter and, of fact, two days from now. Right, which will happen at uh, which will actually be in the past by the time this drops. Yeah, but one of the but the number one thing that we really want to do this coming year, uh, which is actually just entirely TriTac related, is we want to get Savage Fringeworthy out. We want to get the Savage uh, the Savage Worlds edition of Friends really done, and we're going to be providing a lot of, of Savage content for you guys. As as we get this stuff out, we're going to be uh, posting stuff up to our site with you know pictures from Blix, and we're going to maybe get some excerpts from some of the plot points, and we're hoping that other uh, game manufacturers, other game companies are going to come on board, and this was Blix's idea, and let us uh, link Fringeworthy to their games and their plot points so that we can actually put uh, other companies' game worlds on the Fringe Pass for you guys to explore as part of your Fringeworthy universe. Yeah, my uh, my concept, and um, I, I talked to Clint down at, um, Clint Black down at um, DragonCon, and he's, he seemed pretty receptive to it. He's, he said he was going to put me uh, in touch with all these people. The idea was is getting in touch with uh, other Savage Worlds publishers and presenting Fringeworthy to them and saying, you know, this is the setting. If, you, if we were to put a portal in your world, where would you put it? And, and how would people react if, you know, if, if Fringeworthy people were discovered? And what should Frenchworthy people expect to encounter when they go there so that we would actually have support, official support from those companies on their creations? And then hopefully, you know, in the future, they would even maybe do like little adventures or something or, or included, you know, maybe even included in their books uh, as an option, maybe in the back as an appendix. If you want to include Fringeworthy in our world, this is some information and go to TriTac and, and so forth. We would like to do a lot more cross uh, promotion with other podcasts, get our, uh, get our promos on their podcast, get their promos on our podcast. Right now, the only two promos we've been doing has been uh, All Games Consider and, and the Travcast. And I think that I'd like to do a lot more, I'd like to do a lot more sharing. I have another podcast that I know of. Um, a dementia artist known as Gifted Gear does one on the Internet Archive called Shifting Gears. And I'll ask if I can put a bumper for this on his podcast. So we got all that. And I think that's great. But, uh, you know, let's 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 you know kind of put on our imagination hats here. OK, uh, what's, I got mine on. what sort of things would you like to do with the Fringeworthy podcast or the I sh we should say the TriTac podcast so, as the show moves on as far as how because Fringeworthy is basically the glue that connects all these other games together well I don't know if people would want these officially because I'm sure everybody will want to make their own portals and how they are but I mean in past published supplements from TriTech, they've told, okay, the portal for Bureau 13, the portals are in these eight locations, and for this game, the portal is here. Might want to uh, let people you know, know, okay, for the, the official portals are 
you know, just to give everybody a sense of um, continuity as far as where the portals are in the various games. Because I know in the portals book, it tells exactly where the portals are for Positive 13 Prime. We've talked on the gamers forum about where it is for FTL. Incursion, since that's the same universe as the same Earth as uh, Bureau 13, that, you know, they just... But, like, for the... I, I believe in the Portals book, there's even one for Hinterland. There should be, but... Um, and, and, of course, the uh, alternates on the uh, Positive 13 Prime are the uh, Invasion US and the um, Rogue 417 uh, supplements, which some people have run as separate campaign worlds. Actually, Bruce, have you checked your Fringe Ready book yet, lately? Because I went looking at Earth Prime. Richard moved Invasion Earth to Earth Prime alt platform. Right. Yeah, we didn't, I didn't realize that until I was working on something. and I just forgot, yeah. Okay. See, even the experts can mess up every once in a while. Okay, well, one of the things that I was thinking about is, is that... Uh, we might, uh, as Skype becomes uh, more flexible and it starts providing uh, video casting, we might actually be able to produce a bit, some video episodes where we could actually do a video podcast. I know some of the other people have done it, and that way you could you could actually see us in, in all of our glory, actually doing one of these podcasts uh, together. Or it could be used uh, to dramatize some of the things that uh, we've been talking about. We could add, I thought about the possibility of adding video clips, possibly through YouTube and uh, and linking to them to provide things to enhance your game. Because like a lot of times we talk about equipment and things like that, and a lot of that equipment is actually available as prototypes in the real world. And we could provide a lot more of that. We do give links you know, on the episodes, but I'd like, uh, it'd be nice to provide a more of a centralized location of, hey, you want to know about this? You know, here's a list of things that you could possibly be interested in. Here's all the different weapons. Also, we can cover some of the, stuff, some of the uh, weapons we've included in the game, like the XM8. I have written a little bit about the XM8 in the uh, uh, Tritech Gamers forum, and we can probably go go into more detail. I mean, it's actually uh, the XM8, some of the other weapons we've been, we've, had, we've included in the game, because, you know, how does the XM8 work? It'd be great to include some videos of, of that so you can see people using it in the field. You can also, we also can give some fictional history on that too. And also we do have some fictional vehicles like the Muscovy, which doesn't exist in the real world, but we can actually provide some background, you know, just color background for that kind of stuff. This is, we could provide sound effects that are specific to Fringeworthy. Apparently we have a uh, an unlimited supply of alien voices through our hosts. What do you mean, Cuban? <laughs> and, you know, if we want to, we could provide that as a uh, the official voice of the various races. You know, there, there are a lot of, you know, uh, strange things uh, and sound effects that are out there that people could use to enhance their games. Just, you know, I'm just saying is that I'd like to use the, for the podcast to become a little bit richer and then maybe provide more than just audio content. Uh, I don't know if we're going to achieve it this year. I'd be happy uh, to just be able to provide more content, and I'd really like to bring on more hosts, people who have a real fire for one of the TriTac games. Uh, if you're that person, if you really want to uh, talk about your Fringeworthy or your, uh, or especially your Bureau 13 or Hardwired Innerland or Incursion game, we would love 
to have you on, uh, even if it's just for an occasional episode. We're perfectly willing to allow people to create and uh, produce their own segments, and, and we can bring it on uh, with the uh, uh, the TriTech headers and, and the bases so that you can uh, get your word out there, your ideas. Uh, we'd love to have that. So if you anybody out there wants to participate in any way, we would love to have you on board. So please feel free to contact us directly. Uh, you can contact us through the uh, Yahoo groups. You can contact us through the Facebook page. You can contact us through TriTechGamers.com. Uh, we're easy to find. And I says, I'm Bruce Sheffer, and you can find me by just Googling me and uh, sending me an email. And the rest of us are the same. You can find us all. So please come in and make comments and let us know how you want this podcast to be a better podcast for your purposes in the next year. And we'll see what we can do to support you. Right. Yeah. We, we want more listener interaction. You know, we, we get very little of it and it's a very common thing amongst um, podcasters. You hear this a lot. We don't do this to hear ourselves talk. We do this for you. And, and we've always been very good. Whenever we get a question from a listener that comes in, we generally try to get that on the very next show that comes out if we can. We've answered, I think we've answered literally every question that's come in either on the podcast or on the website, but, but generally almost always on the podcast. So if you have questions, it doesn't even have to be a question. It can be a comment. If you have a point you want to, you know, you want to convey or you've done an adventure or you want to talk about anything, if you want to get on the show, it's, it's really easy, especially at this point, because, you know, we don't have a lot of people who are trying, you know, trying to communicate with us. We have quite a few listeners, but, you know, we don't generally tend to hear from people a lot. So if you want to, you know, you want to be a part of the show or you want to contribute to the show, you should just jump in and, and don't be afraid to ask anything or say anything, you know, because no, quite literally, no question's a dumb question. You know, this is, you know, it's, it's been fun for us to answer questions. We, we really like it. This podcast, it's enhanced with interaction from all of you listeners talking to us about what you've done, how you've implemented our ideas, the ideas that you have that you'd like to, you know, share with us. We we did a podcast on uh, listener mail a couple months back, and I had a blast because people came into the forums and asked, and I helped answer questions, and Bruce and John did, and just the in, interacting with us, we, we are more than happy to do so. Because this lets us know that our efforts are not for you know not in vain that we are actually reaching old and new fans of the TriTech games, especially Fringeworthy. So if you see us at Gen Con or Dragon Con or you know I'm up in Michigan with uh, Conclave and Penguin Con because you know that's where Rich is based in. Let us know, and we'll try to let you know through the cast here that we listen, that we listen to you guys as you listen to us. So, and just so you know, I mean, we're we're doing, uh, you know, we were talking about things that we're going, you know, we're doing in the future for the for the future of the podcast. We're trying to improve sound quality. Like for example, this episode is being done a little differently than we usually do, which should help uh, sound quality. We're trying to do some more interesting stuff like for example i'm going to be doing at this next convention i'm going to in february 
Uh, I'm going to re be recording a live episode. Now, I'm going to be the only one from our team that's actually going to be in that podcast. But that's going to be kind of interesting because I have two other game designers who I'm going to have interview me about Fringeworthy. They don't really know a whole lot about it. So basically, it's going to be a good introductory episode for new listeners or, or new actually new players to Fringeworthy. Because I'm basically going to have – they're going to sit down – and I haven't prompted them with anything, you know. They're just going to start asking me about the game, and I'm going to explain it to them, and then we're going to take it from there and see where they go with it. And it's going to be recorded in front of a live audience, and I'm also going to take questions from the audience. So it'll be interesting getting people who have never, they have no idea what TriTech is, they've never heard of Fringe, where they, um, they may never ever have played an interdimensional uh, game, interdimensional, you know, cross-genre type of game. So that should be an interesting episode. And this and this could be really great because everybody who plays role-playing games, they have certain things that jazz them, certain things that they're looking for in role-playing games. And so they're going to come to you, Blix, and they're going to be saying, well, what do you do that's cool in this area? And then you'll be able to say what's cool about Fringeworry. And, you know, I'm hoping that they stump you. I ho I'm hoping they say, well, I really like this. What? Do you have infringement that does that, and you come back and say, "We don't have anything right now, but we're going to fix that." Because then I'll, I'll bring that'll be on our next show. Because I'll bring it to the table to you guys, and we'll have to, you know, we'll have to muscle through it. I've always seen the uh, the podcast as something to help the evolution of Fringeworthy into a better product, and so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I'm I'm really excited about that, Blix. I. I hope that it works out really well and you get a lot of people in the audience to ask questions. Well, the, the con I'm going to, it's called Total Con. And apparently it's a hardcore gaming convention. It doesn't have a whole lot of anything else. Unlike, say, Dragon Con, which is kind of small in the gaming aspect now, even though it started out as a gaming con. Right, it's primarily a media con. Uh, but Total Con is, is strictly, it's, it's hardcore gaming. It's all about gaming. The person who runs all the promotional stuff is very good friends with a friend of mine and you know we've been we've been talking and she's very excited about some of the stuff that I'm doing because they don't generally do that like they've never had a live podcast before this is going to be their first so she's going to she's going to pump it up for me she's going to get people in there to to go to it because it is a gaming podcast so it it totally fits their setup and 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 what their con is about and it's something new that I'm going to be bringing to their audience that they've never gone to before at this convention so it should be very exciting. It should be a really good time. I personally would love for somebody out there with a video camera who has a creative bent to go and try to create some Fringeworthy episodes on YouTube. I think that would be great. And believe me, Richard would be more than happy to uh, you know, give his blessing toward a fan uh, pu uh, project like that. Oh, that would be really cool. That would be awesome. Even if it was... Look, even if it was like super cheesy, low budget, whatever, you do it on YouTube, trust me, we'll promo the heck out of it. Right. I mean, if you love zombies, do a, a fringe really zombie episode. You know, you want to do post-apocalyptic fallout, go ahead, go for it. You know, there's, I'm sure you can find some place in the inner city to record that. Vampires, you know, space, uh, whatever you want, you know, uh, 28 days later, which is, you know, of course, sort of zombie. But whatever. I mean, all these are great fringeworthy, can be great fringeworthy episodes if you put yourself into it and you, you produce something great. And we would love to, to, to help you with that. Uh, and we, we'd love to show people the possibilities in a really visceral way like video can produce. So, yeah, 
you know, you guys out there who are budding filmmakers and you're looking for uh, a, a, something to tie in, you know, talk to, you know, send a, a note off to uh, uh, TriTech uh, Games and uh, see what Richard has to say to you. Yeah, and, and remember, you don't have to be from IDET. You can be Victorians exploring this strange world you found. That's right. Uh, you can be from uh, Her Majesty's uh, Transetheric Exploration Services. Investigating New York City in full gear. Of course, we, we, we take no responsibility if you get arrested or thrown to jail because of that. Just remember that. Thanks, thanks for the encouragement, John. Well, if they're walking around with big ass, with big ass steam cannons and under their shoulders, you know, well, you know, you you best make best let the authorities know that they're they're fake. That's why you get the the uh, the filming permit shot. Oh, like people are going to get familiar filming permits. Why not? It's YouTube. So you don't watch what YouTube, do you? I do, but the point is that you can do <laughs> if you're if if I was worried about that, I would get myself a film permit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not personally worried about that. Okay. As long as you're not actually blowing something up, I don't think that a film permit's necessary. And if you are blowing it up, you know, there's there, find a, find a friendly farmer who needs a you know needs a stump taken out of one of his fields. They'll help, you know they'll be glad to let you do that. And a matter of fact, I think most farmers uh, actually have permits to own dynamite and things like that. They can be a great source for that sort of thing. I'm Mark. I'm Carol. And I'm Mags, and we're from the All Games Considered Podcast. And when we need to know something about exploring other worlds, we go to the Fringeworthy Podcast. Hey, we should mention the blog. The blog? Right. Well, uh, TritechGamers.com has now incorporated a blog front end. So we're including all kinds of interesting things now on the front end. We talk about the Fringeworthy episodes, sure, but we've also been a, there's also been a lot of other things like con reports and uh, interesting things that people have seen on YouTube and other stuff, things like that. It's an ongoing community of gamers, and we would really uh, encourage you to join us uh, and uh, show us uh, the things that you've found too. Our team hasn't blogged a lot on it. It's just brand. It's you know it's basically brand new, and we we're still like gearing up for it. Um, you know, I made a DragonCon report, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing more on the blog coming up. You know, some of the stuff is just gonna be thoughts. It's gonna be you know just commentaries, but it's it's literally it's a blog. You know, any of us are going to say whatever we're thinking about uh, in relation to a TriTech product or TriTech games or or you know a con that we're going to or when we've been to, just something that we think that you guys will enjoy. So it may. You know, there is a possibility that we may even do a blog entry about nothing that has to do with any of the games or anything like that. It's just something that we think that somebody who has played Fringeworthy will enjoy or has played Bureau 13 will enjoy. Hopefully, we'll be doing a lot more than we have. I mean, it, again, it is just new and we're, we're still getting used to like thinking about going there and, and posting stuff. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to ramp up a little bit more. And the address, if you're curious to see the blog, is... TriTechGamers.com. Take you right to it. Oh, if you you know you're talking about you know ideas, my ideas for the future. One one idea I I've always been tossing around. I think I mentioned this before is we can do adventure seeds for folks out there. Stumped for a game, we'll we'll put some adventure seeds out. They may just be a, a, a short description of a basic plot, and you get to flesh it out. Because sometimes people are, get stuck for ideas. Doing an episode of, of Adventure Seeds, maybe, you thinking? Yeah. 
so you can pick and choose what you want, or occasionally, if you feel like it, just talk. We do it already. Or, you know, we actually do it already. Yeah, we do a lot of adventure seeds. Well, one of the things that I was planning on us doing once we got through the big topics that we were talking about is to actually go and, and do uh, an adventure during the podcast and flesh it out and then go and publish it for free on the uh, TriTac Gamers uh, forums. Now, of course, under the blog, we might be able to attach it somewhere, uh, but I wanted to make a lot more content available to people because I know that Fringe or the... It can be daunting for some people because every adventure is a new world. And I think that some people get a little bit thousand-yard stare when they think about that sort of thing. It's one of the reasons why some of the other games from TriTech I think have done better is because they you're not constantly changing the setting. So uh, I wanted to in, you know, encourage people by producing more content that could be just used and they could pick it up and they could run with it. Uh, and so Adventure Seeds is a good idea. I think that if we can, we should try to develop them into something more of, uh, you know, 90% done so that they can just end up finishing it up with their own personal touches. But Adventure Seeds are good, too, if that's all we have. And also, we may want to talk about each of since We don't really talk about, have we ever talked about the Victorians? Have we ever talked about the Romans? And how they're and how these worlds are different, how they differ from our world, or Earth, how they differ from Earth Prime. Those are things we can also do in the future too. Well, those were definitely things that I wanted to do. I wanted to go each of the races and have them be the topic for at least one podcast each. I think one of the things we're going to have to make use of. I think it'd be you know it, it would hurt us not to, is the fact that Pinnacle's website. You know when, when Savage Worlds comes out, when the Savage Worlds edition comes out, Pinnacle's website has a lot of these one sheets on their page that you can download, and they're basically adventures that people can download for free to get them started or, or just you know just you know you're going to be playing say you're going to be playing Fringeworthy and you're a game master and you don't have a venture for the night you could go onto Pinnacle's website and download these short ones that basically could turn into a night because they're you know they're they're pretty open ended and you can you know the, the game master has free reign to add as much stuff in or take as much stuff out as he needs to or take it in other directions if he wants to they're really good they're really good little things to provide to people so when the Savage Worlds edition comes out, we're going to have to uh, make sure that we have several of those on their page. Well, if you do them right, the, these one sheets, actually, if you ever looked at a one sheet, uh, there's, they're very, how can you say, system-free sometimes. Everything you need to know is at the very end of the, uh, of, of the one sheet. It's possible you can, as long as you, if you have a, a vague idea how Savage Worlds work, you can look and say, okay, this guy's kind of strong. So in my D20, I'll make them stronger, you know, type thing. So you can use them from other systems as well. But, yeah, they will have, you know, they will have information geared toward uh, Savage Worlds. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just saying that that's going to be, that's going to be something that we're really going to want to, you know, we're really going to want to encourage. You know, I want to dump like six of them on there if I can. And, and also we want to encourage you, the listener, to, if you come up with a great, great one-sheet idea – Hey, submit, and we'll put it up there for you. All right. Well, thank you once again for joining us for the Fringeworthy Podcast, and we hope that you'll join us next week as we continue on with our second season. Hopefully, it will be uh, an ongoing, and we'll get our 100th episode, because <laughs> we're, we're almost halfway there, guys. 
Right. Yeah. Because this is this is what um, this will be. They'll be in the they'll be in the middle forties. More than that, because you know we've split some of them up and we've had special episodes and it's it's it won't be the it won't be the fortieth file, but as we count these things, will be uh, this will be about the mid forties. So I'm happy enough that you know if we if we one day get to the episode one hundred, I'll be thrilled. You know, but it's but it's about the game. You know, it's about making Fringeworthy and the other products better products and and bringing it out to you guys out there who are listening and you girls and giving you something fun to do. And we really hope that we've done that. And we thank you for your support and your listening all these episodes. And so until next week. Games Incorporated.